Come in. Hey, man, I'm sorry I'm late. The train's crazy. Shut up! You're here! And good thing, because we've got lots of work. Katie Lazarus, the talk show featuring unforgettable guests with incredible jobs. And now, here's my boss and your host, Katie Lazarus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. And This episode was recorded live at Joe's Pub. It's a particularly special episode because I knew the guest when he was 16, fell madly in love, I won't lie. Um, Yes, this is a biased interview. And it's just remarkable to see who he has become. He was always brilliant, but I think it's um, a pretty special experience to be able to see someone create their own field, (laughs) essentially. And we talk about mixed tapes, and it sounds sort of confusing because it sounds like he just sort of puts together tapes. But Jay Period is a producer, a DJ. And um, when I say producer, he actually is in part a journalist where he will find interviews people have done, rare recordings that they've done, and put them together in such a way that the artists themselves listen to these episodes to get a sense of their music and their story in the context of history. And JP is the only person who's been able to figure out how to do this. So remixing isn't merely, um, I don't know, a logistical thing that he's doing, but it's actually, he's a composer in part and a, and a journalist in other ways, or as Rolling Stone magazine calls him, a music guru. Um, he has worked with everyone from John Legend to Lauren Hill to uh, the Marlies, and yes, um, most of the Marlies, <laughs> um, the Roots, He's constantly working with Questlove, Mary Jo Blige, and of course, most recently, the Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, Lynn manuel Miranda, also an Employee of the Month Award winner. And they created a Hamilton mixtape. Um, so we give a little lens into what um, Jay Period does. He is also the... Um, He does the music for the Brooklyn Nets as if you needed another reason to come see the Brooklyn Nets or just come to Brooklyn and visit. You can go to jperiod.com to find out more about his live events um, because they're pretty exceptional and he performs all over the world. And the thing that we didn't talk about, we talked about studying um, social stratification and racism and um, I kind of joked about how Wesleyan, like, that's what everyone does. But what I want to say is that, like, J. Period actually lives an integrated life. And that is even more rare. It is one thing to work on issues, which I completely salute. And we need that more than ever now. But it's a next step to to live that in what you do every single day. And, and I know sometimes you'll hear from a woman who says, I'm not a feminist, but everything she's doing um, is <laughs> like, and it's that kind of feeling here where I just think that's exceptionally rare. Um, J. Period has also done the music for um, films like American Gangster and Street Kings, um, as well as for the NBA's flagship series Inside Stuff and the Emmy Award winning film The Doctor. But I think I'm I'm just so in awe um, that he has performed around the globe as a tour DJ for artists including Black Thought, The Roots, Lauryn Hill, Q and Q-Tip, and Kanye West. Um, and I'm really thrilled to be able to bring you this interview with Jay period because he finally has his own album coming out so here it is it's recorded live at the public theater 
here it is. Yeah. Uh, we, we dated in France when I was 16 and you were 17. True. And I believe, so I'm the first person who's had a mixtape from you, right? Sure you were. <laughs> yes, Katie. <laughs> you are actually the first person to have a mixtape for me. So there you go. From Katie Lazarus to the Hamilton mixtape. <laughs> Clean arc of narrative. Men! <laughs> Men, all right. Well, I tried. I tried. So I did want to talk in, in college. First of all, when I first saw your website, I remember it saying, like, lived in the Bay Area. And I was like, you mean he went to Stanford? <laughs> Not an appreciated fact in the hip-hop community, but now it's sort of, you know, circled back around. So, so people weren't loving the fact that one of your first majors, in addition to African-American studies, was Jewish studies that wasn't big in the hip-hop community? Uh, that is also true. You know, I, I ended up actually combining them together into a major that I had to create called um, Identity, Mind, and Multiculturalism. So it was sort of the whole circle of everything years before anyone else was talking about any of that. Had you gone to Wesleyan, you would have found out that everyone was talking about that. Fair point. I think my math class was about how like eight was oppressing seven and that we should look at like, is that, are we appropriating circles by using this in another digit? <laughs> if we look at the underpinnings of social stratification, we will be sure to get a B plus in just about everything. That was my formula. But so you started out, you know, DJing for fraternities and sororities. They, they, they were black fraternities and sororities, but I'm, I'm just wondering, because I feel like you have never struggled in terms of like being included. And I feel like if I showed up, people would be like, what are you doing here? I mean, I, I think... The and I think it's because of your talent is what I will say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as, as a DJ, you know, hip hop, in my experience, is one of the great equalizers. If you have... Uh, a talent for it and a knowledge of it, um, then you are appreciated for that. And I would have this experience where, you know, I'd be doing like the Delta or Kappa parties and somebody would come up and they'd be like, wait, you're doing this? And they'd be like, okay. And then just kind of go back to what they were doing. And that's been my experience by way of hip hop, really. It's been kind of an amazing thing. <laughs> no cues at Stanford, sorry. <laughs> For the podcast audience, that's Morris Robinson, and you should check out our episode with him. <laughs> yeah, I think that your talent clearly set you up to only succeed because you were brilliant at it, And but I would also say that it seems part of you because you are also someone who's very involved in, in education and thoughtful and being able to step back and, and be aware of privilege. It was something that you did focus on as well. I mean, in school, sort of academically, I definitely focused on it. I had no idea how, you know, identity, mind, and multiculturalism would lead to a career. Um, and either did my parents. Um, yes. and Neither did Stanford, and they're okay with it. That's true. Um, it, I mean, it wasn't until I landed in the New Yorker that my parents were like, okay, this thing looks like it might be for Me real. Me too. Well played. <laughs> So funny. But you moved to New York to have some actual good music because I know they didn't have any good um, hip hop on the West Coast. I'm I just will kidding. not condone that statement. <laughs> um, but I, I was a kid in L.A. listening to New York hip hop and I, I became fascinated. You know, when the movie Beat Street came out when I was maybe in second grade. Yes. 
and I just became fascinated by this world and this music. And, and so it was a dream of mine just to move here and, and be a part of it. And after I graduated from college, that's what I did. So I wanted to start with, I know that Nas was your first hip-hop album, or not hip-hop album, sorry, your first mixtape that really put you on the map, I would say. And I wanted to talk about your work with Lauryn Hill because she got so famous and so much press and then got a lot of backlash, I felt like, um, which is what the press often does, is they will deify you and then pull that chair out. But when you came to meet with her, you've done over, you know, to me, you've done about 50 albums, but when you came to first meet with her, was she excited to see you? Um, well, you know, the truth is I actually got hooked up with her through Rohan Marley. It was one of uh, Bob Marley's sons. Okay, wow. Jesus. And um, I'd, I'd met him at a club and I gave him a mixtape <laughs> and a couple weeks later he, he, he's moved to LA and he calls me and says, Jay period, I need some more mixtapes. And, and this relationship began and I told him what I wanted to do, which was a mixtape about Lauren Hill. And he gave me her email, and I emailed her, and she was like, thanks, but no thanks. And um, I, I took a pause, and I said, you know, I wrote her back, well, actually, actually respect to you, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and, um, and that's what I did. And sort of in the process of this, she and I had an email exchange where she sort of questioned my motives, and I fired back at her. And it was when I fired back at her that she sort of responded by saying, okay, now I see where you're coming from, so okay. And that was sort of the, you know, the authorization. And you had to call her Ms. Uh, well, you know, Rohan called her Lauren, so I called her Lauren until I was corrected and asked to call her Ms. Hill. And so, you know, then I, I called her Ms. Hill. Ms. Lazarus is fine for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to, to try to break down to some extent because to me, you're this artist who the reason that all these people worked with you before you were famous is they saw your art and you contextualize the music within history you do it in terms of their interviews it's so well crafted in some ways it's like a director where you're looking at all these moving parts and you put them together and I just wanted to try to give people a small window into your process as an artist but before we do that can I just ask you like when did you start to consider yourself an artist and not just oh yeah I work with Q-Tip or I you work with Nas like when did you get to say like no 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 I'm J period you don't need to know about who I work with um you know I mean in some ways still today I I, I think mostly because I just have a fan's perspective I love what I do and so I don't look at it as as if I'm some big somebody um, I did have an amazing experience when I was working on the Hamilton mixtape and I, I went to Questlove who had kind of brought me into that I process. I don't know who that is, but go on. And, and I said to him, you know, do you want me to kind of, you know, run this stuff by you? And he was like, no, you're J period. And it was like in, literally in that moment where I was like, wow, okay, all right. You know, I yeah. guess that's enough. Yeah, so, that is enough. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think that as I'm now making my own music and working with, you know, amazing musicians and starting to sort of, build on this idea of taking a sample, remixing it, and which felt more like DJ stuff, to creating original music. Now I think I feel more like an artist, but probably not until my album, my proper album comes out in the spring. You know, I will, I will feel like a real artist in that way. Well, let's show a little sample because the album you did with John Legend. Can we look at that one? Yeah, so this, this was, I did a, a mixtape project for um, John Legend and the Roots where John Legend had done an album um, taking civil rights protest music and remaking it with The Roots, and they gave me all the sessions from the album and asked me to kind of uh, combine it with the original versions and contextualize it. So 
Um, let's see if this works sound-wise. There we go. So in this one, I'm taking Ray Charles' version of Eleanor Rigby. Merging it into Aretha Franklin's version. And then into the Beatles version that many are familiar with. And then the part where it gets flipped. So this is a hip-hop producer, legendary hip-hop producer named Jay Dilla. And this is his take on Eleanor Rigby. And then I added John Legend to it. And in this way, it really is very different from your average mixtape because we're taking something old and not just changing it and manipulating it, but making something new out of it by adding original vocals to it. So John Legend's seven-part harmony on this is pretty amazing. Beautiful. Beautiful. I feel like this is the perfect job for someone who's a perfectionist and slightly OCD. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. No one knows really the amount, other than my wife, the amount of, of time and work <laughs> and energy that goes into you know, creating these things and nitpicking over every little you know, detail. So I am going to um, ask about Hamilton um, taking this gorgeous musical, and it started out as a mixtape. So it's gone full circle, um, and I saw it here, and it was unbelievable here. Um, how did you and um, Lynn meet? Um, well, we met actually when I went to the studio. Questlove had called me in to the studio to talk about doing this, and he literally handed me his phone, and on FaceTime was Lin-Manuel Miranda. And, you know, it took a, a second for me to kind of adjust, and then I, I sat down and, and talked to him, and he said, how well do you know the musical? And I, and I knew it well at that point. And, um, you know, he said, have you heard any of the songs from the mixtape? And I said, no. So, you know, sent me the songs. And he said, let's talk in a couple hours. And literally that day, I was so inspired by what I heard that I sat in the corner of Electric Lady Studios. And from 3 p.m. until 4 a.m., I made the entire thing. And, you know, it was that level of inspiration. And, you know, the entire Hamilton mixtape, nobody really knows, but... You know, the songs were made over the course of a year. The mixtape was put together in about 14 days. I just sort of blacked out and, and went into this zone. And, you know, the blueprint that was the first version is very, very close. You know, a lot of tweaking, but very, very close to the finished product that everyone can hear. But with all these artists involved and you have songs on it that weren't featured in when it went to Broadway. I saw it on Broadway as well. And I'm just showing up. <laughs> That's true. Shockwave <laughs> is featured yeah, has on the heard Hamilton Hamil Does anyone own Hamilton mixtapes? Has anyone heard Hamilton mixtapes? I feel like there might be someone who's on it here. Shockwave is on it. Yes, yeah, big up with Watsky. I, d I did want to ask, like, in working with the record companies, were you able just to get whatever you wanted? You didn't have to go through clearance stuff? Well, you know... Was that diplomatic? That was much more <laughs> diplomatic. Um, you know, my experience doing mixtapes is that navigating the minefield of clearances is, is probably the most difficult thing of what I do. And the great part about the Hamilton mixtape is that the person with the creative vision, Lynn, was also the person who could say yes to things and make them happen. So there were certain things that, you know, I was told, no, it's not going to be possible. Then he heard it and he was like, yes. And then suddenly it became possible. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of those things like sampling 
the the cast album, which I thought was essential if you're going to draw this through line from the play to the mixtape, you have to have that in there. So the song that I produced actually samples the cast album and then flips it and makes it into something new. Can we um, see a sample of that? Sure. So for those of you That's that, the, you lingo, know, the, the three people in here that haven't heard this, um, this is the original. So building on that and treating it like a hip hop pro producer would treat any sample, I worked with a guy named Stro Elliott to create this, which builds on that same piano loop and then takes it to a whole other place to make it fit into the context of the mixtape. So that's a little sample of sort of how we took something from the cast album and turned it into something new. And turned it back. I mean, it's that it really came full circle. I couldn't believe that his dress rehearsal was like at the White House. Yes. You guys watched this video of Lynn performing Hamilton, the mixtape, before it was the musical. Yeah, and, and, you know, my experience as someone that saw the play and was really overcome by it to then find myself on the stage of the Richard Rogers Theater performing this mixtape, you know, for the Ham for Ham event was really an incredible experience, you know, personally. And, you know, I mean, it's Andre Day and, you know, Ja Rule and Ashanti and, and Regina Spector, all these folks performing with us. So it was really an amazing moment. And you also were recently at the opening of the Smithsonian. I, I just wanted to say that you, your parents were teachers and your father is a principal of a, an, I know this is street cred, of a private school in Los Angeles. And, um, also <laughs> true, headmaster, not principal. Headmaster, excuse me. Um, but they really were, they are educators and you also value education so much and I was so proud that you've been working for a long time with um, someone. I wanted to just encourage you to talk about that a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I produced a, the theme song for a show called America Divided, um, which uh, came out this fall, um, basically focusing on issues of racial and social justice. And that uh, was funded by the Kellogg Foundation. And they brought us to the Smithsonian to perform a kind of live version of what I do um, called the live mixtape, where we took, you know, Marvin Gaye and James Brown and, and Nina Simone songs and sort of remixed them live on stage with hip hop performers. And it was an amazing moment. I mean, we're in the shadow of the Washington Monument performing on the National Mall. And um, yeah, it was an incredible thing. And we're actually probably going to be taking that show around the country this year. Yeah, because you've done also stuff with, you know, TED Talks with your colleague at, I think he's at USC, I want to say. Yeah, Josh Kuhn is actually yeah. a MacArthur Genius Grant fellow. I've never heard of that, yeah. He's, he's an incredible guy. He and I <laughs> do a thing where he kind of lectures about um, the crossfader, which is the implement on the mixer used to go back and forth as a metaphor for mixing cultures. And we did a TED Talk and, and so forth. I wanted to give you a couple gifts and um, hear some of your poetry. No, I'm just kidding. Um, here is from Daptone Records. I didn't know if you nice. had this I album. Don't. Okay, oh, good. This is great. Because um, I'm a big fan of yours and a big fan of theirs, and I just love representing Brooklyn artists. Um, wow. And also a T-shirt okay. from Daptone, because even if you are born 
in LA and bred in the Bay Area. I believe you have a Kings County soul. Yes, there we go. <laughs> I think 20 years in Brooklyn, Brooklyn I get to claim Brooklyn too. So. Yes, you absolutely do. Some trees from Russ and Daughters. I also got you, David Diggs has been on the show, um, so I got you his Clippings um, album. Yeah, clipping. Awesome. Clipping, excuse me. And I just wanted to say thank you so much and that everyone can check out J Period Live because he JJ's all over the world. Um, so go to jperiod.com. You do so much stuff with, with The Roots, but also with so many other people. And you can see all of these wonderful tributes and albums that um, I hope people will certainly get. And I heard that your own album is coming out. Yes, my album is coming out in uh, the spring. And, and we actually, just because, you know, to get into the holiday spirit, I brought 150 copies of a very limited edition commemorative book and CD set. So after the show, there's a couple of lovely ladies that are going to be handing these out. So please look out for them and thank you all. I yes. mean, come on. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. Thank you so much to all of you for listening. Thank you to Alex Seiner for editing this together. I'm Katie Lazarus. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Jay Period. If you liked this episode, please leave a nice message on iTunes or wherever it is you get your uh, podcast. You can also donate at employeeofthemonthshow.com. I want to thank Brain Pickings and the Harnish Foundation for making um, this podcast even possible, as well as individual donors and sponsors and listeners like you. And come come see a live show when you're in New York at Joe's Pub at the Public Theater, or bring us to wherever you are. Bring us. We'll come, all of us, including my band, Freestyle Love Supreme. In fact, Shockwave, who is in my band, He's also in Freestyle Love of Supreme with Lin-Manuel Miranda, and he's on the Hamilton mixtape. Do I need to tell you to get the Hamilton mixtape? I don't think. I don't think I need to advertise Hamilton, but it's it's a decent. You should check it out. You should, it's a decent production. It's okay. It's exceptional. Um, and mixtape follows just in those footsteps. All right. Hope you are charting your own footsteps out there. Have a good one. Peace. <laughs>